This is Heather, and you're listening to Let's Go There. Well, guys, we've made it to the end of the first season already. Can you believe it? I have loved hearing all of these women's stories and about God's faithfulness. Time and time again, I'm reminded how God works everything together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purposes, just like Romans 8.28 says. I have experienced this for myself, and I hope that in hearing these messages, you can begin to see that in your own life as well. No matter what circumstances you are facing or have faced in the past, God loves you, and He is there with you every step of the way. He is there when you're weeping. He's there when you're grieving. He's there when you're angry. He is there. I love how the psalmist says it in Psalms 139, verses 17 through 12. It says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. How incredible is it that we have a God who came to earth to experience everything that we experienced and to feel all of the pain and suffering that we feel. He gave up everything for us to create the way for us to be with Him. Out of all the religions in the world, Christianity is the only one where the God came down to be with His people and sacrificed Himself on behalf of His people. He loves us that much, and oh, I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. Now, today's interview is with one of my best friends. I have seen God do so much in her life and through her struggle with infertility, and I'm so excited to watch God's plan unfold in her life. Let's listen to my conversation with Abby Thompson. Hey, Abby. Hey, Heather. (laughs) I'm glad that you got to come and do this with me, and I'm very excited to have a conversation about everything you've been through. Me too. I'm very excited. All right. As we get started, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like your name, what you do. Okay. My name is Abby Thompson. I'm 31 years old, married to Richie Thompson. We'll be married in December for three years. We have an eight-year-old stepdaughter named Ivy, and I teach eighth grade math and coach volleyball at Discovery Middle School. Girl, you're busy. Yes, so busy. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to start at the beginning of y'all's journey. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I think the first time I ever talked to your husband, Richie, we were at a food distribution for church, and I had just had Ellis, I think. Uh And I don't know how we got on the conversation of it, but like, I, I guess maybe he asked me how many kids I had. And I told him, I was like, oh, I've got two, but we lost one before. I don't know what made me say that. Mm -hmm. But literally, he like stopped and looked at me. He's like, we just lost one. Mm -hmm. And then he like tried to get you to come over there and talk to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) what if she doesn't want me to know? Like, I don't know these people. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But um, just walk me through all all that y'all went through. Because I know y'all have been trying to get pregnant for a while Mm -hmm. and that y'all lost a few. So we got married in December of 2018, and we found out we were pregnant in June of 2019. So we've been walking through this journey for a little over two years. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. So tell me about your first miscarriage. Like, how far along were you? 
So like I said, in June, we found out we weren't trying or anything. I just took a test and it was positive. And we called the OB, scheduled our first appointment. And I remember having a countdown on my phone. Mm -hmm. I was so excited. And so we went in, did all the paperwork, met with the insurance person. And then I got on ultrasound and um, she didn't say a whole lot. And I'd never done this before. So so you didn't know any different. No different. Yeah, I could see the baby. So I was like, okay, we're good. And Richie, Richie has a child. So he knew, you know, something's not right too. So she can't find a heartbeat and she doesn't say anything. And so she goes in vaginally and still nothing. She says, well, maybe, like, are you sure? Like you, you've got your, your weeks right and everything. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And so she still doesn't say much. We go into a room to talk to the nurse practitioner and she's like, we, we're pretty sure you've had a miscarriage. They go in the options of a DNC mm-hmm. or, um, taken the medicine to start the process um, to pass the baby and at this point like I'm completely blindsided I don't know like I didn't know how common miscarriages were and so I just like am completely shocked and um, we just ask her like can we have some time to Mm -hmm. pray about it and so we ended up going with the DNC just because we'd heard it would be a little bit easier emotionally if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah no that's what I did too yeah um and so that was done in July um of 2018 the mm-hmm. DNC was so that was our first one wow and that's that's rough especially when there's no indications of anything no. being wrong it's just all of a sudden yes. no heartbeat no heartbeat yes man that's rough how many more miscarriages have you had so we've had three more total of four Um, The next three were so early that I was able to pass those on my own. Um, The second one, though, I did take a trip to the ER uh, because I had lost so much blood. Mm. So I was able to get some fluids, and then they sent me home, and and that was... That one was more painful physically because they they checked everything out. Like, they knew me at Mm -hmm. the ER. So that one was more physically painful than emotionally, so... What was it like to keep trying, even though you never had made it past that initial threshold of like a good first appointment? Right. Um, it was hard. You you don't want to get excited, mm-hmm. but you also want to be hopeful, you know, that this is it and it'll work out. And there were so many just roadblocks that we ran into. And, and even when we would um, not really be trying, but I would still get my period or get a negative pregnancy test it was so difficult and it came like every month so it was just it was just hard you're just a grieving process starting over every month over every month and and people will tell you like try not to think about it and you're like but this is every month like this happens and Mm -hmm. we get an answer every month so right yeah man so at what point did you start because I think y'all at one point started to go into treatment to try to treat some infertility, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So our OB told us um, that insurance usually doesn't cover until after three miscarriages, which is crazy. That um, is crazy. So we started infertility treatments in July of 2020. So COVID happened in March. So this is July. So things are still not really great. 
And so we began going to the clinic. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, which at this point I wanted them to. Right, just have an answer. Yes, (laughs) like let's find the problem, let's fix the problem, let's have a baby. But still to this day, they have no idea what was going on, which is a good thing that they couldn't find anything wrong. But my insurance thankfully covers a total of eight IUIs. Mm -hmm. So after we did um, one month of them following me, she said, let's go ahead and do the IUI. So we did that. IUIs are tough because of all of the hormones that they pump through your right. body. So that was tough. I'm sure that's hard being a teacher too because <laughs> around all these crazy <laughs> <Lovely> children. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And thankfully it was in the summer. So that was oh, a well, good thing. Good. Yes. But we, um, we did the IUI and it was successful. It's just my levels were so low, we ended up losing that baby as well. Mm -hmm. And so that was my fourth miscarriage. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is the last one you had, right? And you ended up having surgery after that? Well, I I was in the process of going to have another IUI when it all hit the fan. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I was pregnant that time or not. Oh, I gotcha. Yes. We had started 2020 school year in August. We'd been virtual the entire time. Um, we had just started hybrid, so I had half of my kids on Monday, the other half on Tuesday, and Wednesday was a virtual day. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, we went in. I went in for the shot for the IUI. They got my blood work and called me Tuesday afternoon and said, your progesterone is too high. Hmm. We can't do it. So I said, okay. I didn't know what that meant, and I'm not good about asking questions. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay. I always would call my husband and tell him, like, the news, and he'd be like, so what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. So uh, I'm mad about that, too. Like, yeah. I, I, at home, I'm like, oh, I have all these questions, and then I, like, get to the doctor's office, and I'm like, no, I'm good. No, no everything's fine. <laughs> so um, I went in on Wednesday, um, for more blood work. And so I was in a lot of pain. I'd always heard when the baby attaches to the uterus, it's painful. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's causing some cramping. So I was like, okay, maybe that's it. Like I'm in a lot of pain, but we're just going to go. I went to the clinic, got the blood work, didn't say anything to them. On my way to work, I'm in a lot of pain. So about two hours after being here, I called the clinic and said, I'm in a lot of pain and I don't know what's going on. So they said, go straight to the ER, do not come here. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, they did tell me right because when I get there, um, I go get my vitals, I come out to the waiting room and I pass out. Oh my goodness. Yes. So they take me on back and we're trying to get um, a urine sample and I pass out again. So I had lost a liter of blood, and it was due to an ovarian cyst rupturing and a leak in my right ovary. Wow. So they took me on back. Um, At this time, they had no idea what was going on because they couldn't see anything because there was so much blood. Mm -hmm. They thought that there was um, a baby stuck in the tube. Uh I don't know what that's called. Like a tubal pregnancy. Yes. Yes. So I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm like laying on, you know, the bed and the doctor's talking to me and he's like, um, we're going to have to take the tube. It'll be a year before you can have a baby. And so it's like more defeat. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you're like, do what you got to do. Like we got to, right. you know, there's no other option. Yeah. I mean, we got to get healthy here. So 
Um, but it was the ovarian cyst. And so it was touch and go for a while, but thankfully everything worked out and, and um, good to go. So. Well, good. After all of that, how did you still have hope? I don't know. It's very, you know, after four losses, possibly five and a surgery, I still, um, I still did have hope. I knew that God could do it. I never doubted that he could do it. I just didn't know if he would. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was his will, like for me to have my own biological child. So I did still have hope. I knew that it would all work out one way or the other, whether we adopted or um, Mm -hmm. fostered or, you know, were able to have our own child. I know when you're trying to have a kid and are, are struggling with it with, you know, various different, you know, reasons for infertility or whatever, it puts a lot of stress on you individually, but it also puts stress on you as a couple. What was that dynamic? How did that affect your marriage? Um, it was hard. Like I said, all the hormones that they, they right, injected they me with, yes, it was terrible. I wasn't myself. My anger was bad. And so Richie had a hard time, you know, understanding like what was going on and it was it yeah. was just it wasn't me he was an angel through all of it because it was very it was very hard on all of us mm-hmm. um and even while I wanted to keep going and try to have a baby I think the surgery scared him and mm-hmm. so he was a little more hesitant on on trying so that was hard too and I knew that he didn't fully understand because he already has a child. Mm-hmm. And so that was also hard. That puts a hard dynamic on it, too. Yes. And it put a strain between Ivy and I as well because, you know, I couldn't have a child, but here she is. And so it was it was just a really hard time. I know you said that, you, you know, you always believed that God could do it. You didn't know if he would. But, like, how did that affect your feelings towards God? Were you ever angry or... Oh, yeah. Um, I was angry. I was hurt. I was confused. I was discouraged. You look around, and it seems like everybody is getting to have a child mm-hmm. except for you. Oh, and I remember. Then, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not the case, but it feels that way. So, yeah, I was angry. I was hurt. I was disappointed. You know, all those emotions that you feel. And, and it was at God. So, yeah. I know that, you know, you, you do have a strong faith. And so how do you think that that affected your faith? Do you think it made you stronger? Or I mean, because I know, you know, everybody's going to question God and everybody's going to be angry. But do you think good came out of that? Yeah, I, I know good came out of it. It, it made me stronger. Um, it molded me to be a better person. I learned a lot of things about him that I didn't quite know that made us closer. Mm-hmm. And... And even with um, Richie and I, I feel like we're even stronger as a couple now because of everything that we've been through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of good that's come out of this for sure. What's probably the hardest part? The hardest part is not understanding why. You're in the middle of it, and I'm very logical, and I want to know, like, okay, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. You want, like, a concrete, like, answer? Yes, like, God, just send down a letter and tell me, like, (laughs) what what the deal is and, like, when this is going to happen. But that was the hardest part is just not understanding, like, why are we going through this? Why can't we have a child? That was my biggest question, and that was the hardest part of Mm -hmm. it all. So it's been what? So you had that surgery last um, September? last September, so a little over a year. And then what, about 16 weeks ago? 
Yes, today. <laughs> 16 weeks today, you yes. find out that you're pregnant again. Yes, which when we found out, it's really cool how it happened on a Friday. I took the test and it was negative. You know, it's that gut-wrenching mm-hmm. part. And Richie said on a Sunday, hey, I think you need to take another one. And so it was positive. Um, and it's just cool you know, Jesus died on Friday and then was re- resurrected on Sunday. Girl, you so, can't me cry. <laughs> I know. It's just like so cool um, how that happened. But, you know, even when I got the positive test, you're excited, but you're extremely nervous. Oh, yeah. 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 You don't even want to get excited. You just want to, okay, what's the next steps? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go from here. And I know that, you know, like you said, you're trying not to get your hopes up and... Because there's been so much loss on, you know, mm-hmm. the before, you know, you've never made it past a certain right. point. And so how has this time been different? So on that Sunday, we actually, Richie knows everyone. So we were able to text the nurse practitioner mm-hmm. and tell her. And so she got us appointment at seven the next morning and they did blood work. And so they called me um, around lunchtime and the numbers were so good that they thought I was going to have twins. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, bring it on. <laughs> Richie's like, no. What and done. Oh my yes. Um, but every time we would go into the clinic or into the OB, everything has been so good. I'm measuring a week ahead. Um, so they're thinking about changing the due date. It's just like every time we go in, it's just that reassurance. Hey, everything's fine. Like we haven't had a scare. There's been, you know, the heartbeat's always been really good and really strong. Mm -hmm. So that's been very like reassuring every time we go in that Mm -hmm. things are just good. So I know you've graduated past the going to the specialist every week. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to like the regular, like once a month appointments. (laughs) (laughs) So like. I know for me it was hard on the in-between, and I had only lost one. Mm -hmm. Like, how nervous do you get? I'm still pretty nervous. I actually texted Richie this morning, and I said, do you think the baby's okay? Like, I just feel... I feel like something's not good. And, and it's like you're always waiting like to, for yes, the bottom to the fall bottom out. the bottom to fall out. So that's been the hardest part. Like like you said, we were going every week. And then unfortunately, we graduated <laughs> from the fertility clinic. And then it's like every month. And they don't even do an ultrasound every time. Yes. So we do have a Doppler at home that I can stick on there. It takes me a little bit to find a really good heartbeat. But... Mm-hmm. At least that's a little bit of reassurance, but I'm still, I'm still nervous. I still get nervous telling people that I'm pregnant. Um, I just remember how hard it was to go back and tell people, hey, like this one. Had you told people on your other ones? Yes. Only a few. Yeah. Um, Now the first one, we had probably told um, probably four people. So even those four going back and saying like, hey. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Was still so painful. So it took us a while to put it on social media. Um, oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, like we just, I think last week did that. And you're, and you said you have 16 weeks, so you're almost halfway. Yes. Just not telling people. <laughs> not telling. <laughs> I told Richie like it would be okay if I just had the baby and be like, surprise, <laughs> here's a baby. So <laughs> no one would know. No, no. Oh, goodness. So I know you said you've learned a lot about God through this. What's the thing that sticks out the most that you've learned about Him? 
Um, I've learned that his ways and his plan is definitely better than my plan. Mm -hmm. If we would have had that first one, I don't know, you know, where we would be right now. So definitely his way is better. Um, I've learned that God wasn't punishing me for any of my sins before. Definitely consequences for all of your sins, but this wasn't his way of punishing me. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that he's actually, he has my best interest at heart even though it was so painful and such a painful journey, Mm -hmm. he always had my best interest at heart. And then I've also learned, I think the coolest thing is when I would cry and break over not being able to have a child, he was right there with me. Mm -hmm. And he felt every single ounce of pain that I was feeling. And I know he wanted to give me that baby um, so bad, but he knew his plans were better. And so I think it's just really cool to learn that and and see all of that. I know a lot of people can just say that, like, you know, oh, you know, God's ways are better. But, Mm -hmm. like, until you go through something like that, I feel like it doesn't actually, like, sink in, and you don't actually, like, know that deep down. Right. But going through something like this just kind of forces you into it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, like, you you have to believe that because there's no other option. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Um, What have you learned about yourself through all of this? So I've learned that I have a hard time trusting God. (laughs) Um, I've always been able just to do for myself. And this time I had no control over getting pregnant or staying pregnant. Because there's really nothing Nothing, you can do. (laughs) Nothing at all. Um, And for someone who likes to be in control, you find out you actually don't have any control at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was hard to learn. I've also learned that you've got to deal with the pain. After the first miscarriage, we were about to start the school year, and I was able to push it away and um, stay busy. Stay busy. And then the second one came around, and it all hit me in the face. Um, So you've got to just sit down and kind of deal with that. And I've learned that everyone's walking through something, and we're really good at covering up how we really feel. Mm-hmm. So I've just learned just to be kind to everyone because you never know what someone's walking through. That's good, yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's going through something like that right now? So number one, it's not your fault. I blamed myself so many times when we would lose one. Uh, what if I did this? What if I didn't do this? Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, there was nothing I could do to stop the baby from coming. And now there's nothing I can do, you know, to stop this one or make this one come. If it's not God's will, it's not going to happen. So it's not your fault. Number two, guard your heart. Uh, whether that be to get off social media or not to go to a friend or a family's baby shower, um, not to watch shows or movies that could possibly trigger your emotion and it's okay to look out for yourself it's okay to protect your heart right now Mm -hmm. so definitely guard your heart number three find someone to talk to Uh, the devil loves to isolate us and tell us we are the only ones going through something but it's a lie from the pits of hell so don't believe it talk to a counselor or talk to someone who's walked through it um, or is currently walking through it yeah there's something about that community because Mm -hmm. People who haven't gone through it don't understand. Right. Like, there's just no way that they can... I mean, yeah, they can feel sorry for you or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's not what you need at that point. You just need somebody to, like, relate to. (laughs) Yes, yes. And there are people out there... I don't know why... Like, this is why I love that you're doing this podcast, because it's such, like, a a hush-hush thing that no one talks about. And so I'm so glad that we are talking about it and 
and so that there we can build community for each other. Um, and then lastly, ignore the comments. Um, I believe people mean well, but the stuff they say, they also say stupid things <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like I've heard you're still young. Um, at least you lost them early. Um, just stop worrying about it. Like just, just ignore these comments because in reality, it really sucks what you're going through and it's totally unfair. So those, um, those are my things. Your for, takeaways. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, people do say stupid things, though. <laughs> they do. And my favorite was like, you know, most people didn't know that I had lost one. And they're like, oh, when are y'all going to have a baby? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, yes. let me tell you. Yes. I've learned never ask that question. Oh, no. Um, even if someone has like one child, I don't even ask like, are y'all going to have another oh, one? Oh, I don't either. Yeah, I just, I just don't ask about it. And so, because you never know. Um, but I've, yeah, when are y'all going to have a baby? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> if you would feel comfortable, I would like for you to pray for women who are going through this or who are still waiting on a baby. For sure. All right, let's pray. Dear God, I pray that you would touch and comfort every person that is listening right now. God, I pray that you would give them peace that passes all understanding. And God, you tell us that in your word to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. God, I pray in your will and in your timing that you would give these listeners the desires of their heart. God, I pray that while they wait, they would lean into you. They would, that you would strengthen their relationship with their spouse, and God, you would put the right people in their life. God, I pray that while they wait, they would trust you and trust that your ways are higher. And God, that your word also says that you are near to the brokenhearted and that you saved the Christian spirit. God, I pray that they would feel your presence. God, I thank you for always being in the details and loving me like you do. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. are so many little God moments that I could tell you about her story, and I'm so blessed to call her my friend. I love being able to watch God redeem so much hurt and grief in her life through this baby currently growing in her belly. It's something that I've been praying for for them for the past two or more years, and just watching God come through and go above and beyond anything any of us could hope for is just incredible. God is so good. I know that not all of you have made it through this infertility journey yet, and there may be some of you who will not be able to have a biological child. Let me say this to you. Lean into God. Be open and honest with Him, whether you're angry or sad or stressed or overwhelmed or feeling defeated. He knows what you are feeling. So like Abby said, take the time to deal with that pain. Don't just tuck it away and pretend it doesn't exist. Wrestle with it. Wrestle with God. Like Jacob wrestled with God and wouldn't let him go until God blessed him. God ended up dislocating Jacob's hip, but then he blessed Jacob, who we now know as Israel. But it left a mark on Jacob. He walked with a limp for the rest of his life. This time of wrestling will be hard. It will be dirty, and it may change you for the rest of your life. But you can go on to live out God's glorious plan for your life. You can choose to let this define you, or you can choose to let this align you with God's perfect plan for your life. Something that has become abundantly clear to me through my own journey and through listening to all of these stories is that God's ways are so much greater than our ways. 
And we're so small in the grand scheme of things that we cannot always see the bigger picture. And we can get stressed and overwhelmed when we try to continue to make things happen how we think they should happen, or we try to understand the why behind awful things happening. But when we let go and we let God, His purpose will be fulfilled for His glory. And we can turn the unthinkable grief and pain into something beautiful. I hope that the time we have shared together has encouraged you and shown you that even though you cannot always change your circumstances, you can always trust that God is there with you. And I hope that you will have the courage to share your story with others. Sometimes just speaking it out loud can bring healing and comfort. There are plenty of women out there who have gone through the same thing or who are going through the same thing right now. As we close out this first season, I want to share a quote that one of my best friends sent me just as I was beginning to record episodes for this podcast. It was a quote by Ian Simpkins. It said, The most painful part of your story may be the most life-giving part of someone else's. Don't let shame, regret, apathy, pride, or fear con you into silence. You have a story to tell. Whether it's a story of infertility or something completely different, don't be afraid to share your story. You never know who it might help. Thank you guys again for listening to Let's Go There. I'll be taking a break as the holiday season starts up, but be sure to subscribe so you can get all the updates for when season two is released. I'm so excited about it already. It has taken a leap of faith for me to start this podcast, and it feels like I'm talking to the air sometimes. So leave me a review or find me on social media to tell me your story and to let me know if you have appreciated this first season. As always, please share this with your friends. That's it for me, guys. I'll talk to you later.